There is a game that schools play in North Korea every year. As the students arrive, they are encouraged uh, and told by their teachers that their parents have a secret book hidden somewhere in their home. And that if they can go and locate that secret hidden book and bring it back to school, they will receive a prize. Of course, the children don't know that the book the teachers are talking about is the Bible. And they definitely don't know that the prize, quote-unquote, that they speak of, involves imprisonment, torture, and possible death for the entire family. It is a cruel game. And it's a game that raises a question. Why would anyone, knowing the penalty, then own a Bible in North Korea? I think the answer to that question is what we need to talk about this morning as we dive into this first habit of grace together. I'm going to ask you to join me in a word of prayer. Father, uh, we come before you and I pray... Even that little introduction resonates within our hearts. We just sang a song about people that have shed their blood so that we could have this. So that we could have your word in our hands. So that we could study it and and know it. So that we could hide it in our hearts. And too often in America we take it for granted. Many of us have multiple Bibles sitting on shelves, unopened. Yet, the pages of this book truly are stained with the blood of martyrs. Holy Spirit, we want to ask you to come in now and meet with us and to minister to us in a special way. We say collectively that you are the teacher of this church and that we need you to lead us, to guide us. We pray that you would exalt and lift up Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus, as you are lifted up, we pray that you would draw us closer to yourself, that you would continue this process of sanctification by which you work with us to make us more like you and less like us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, last week we established this truth Uh, And I I don't think we really established it. We really just reminded ourselves of it, right? God is gracious. God is is gracious, right? It all begins with the grace of God. We don't deserve anything. He doesn't owe us anything. But but God is is gracious. He saves us by grace. He, He sustains and sanctifies us by grace. And one day, He will come back for us and we will be glorified by the grace of God. Now, Now, we're here today, and and if we're here today, and if you're here today and you've received Christ as your Savior and Lord, then you have been saved by the grace of God through faith, okay? But but we're now in in this next process called sanctification. I want to remind you uh, of the definition that we, we discovered last week, okay? Sanctification is a progressive work of God and man. 
Okay, This is a work of cooperation between God and us. And, and that's what God is trying to do. Now, now that he has captured our heart, now that he has saved us through faith by his grace, now he wants to change us and make us like him. Okay, And that's the process that we're in. And so it's a progressive work of God and man that makes us more and more free from sin and more and more like Christ in our actual lives. And, and we said this, guys, this isn't some kind of switch that we can just flip. We can't just turn this on and, 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 and well, if you do this one thing, because we're talking about habits, and, 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 and we didn't use the word spiritual disciplines because it seems to put everything on our plate. This isn't like a light switch that we can flip and somehow the blessing of God has to pour out onto us. Rather, this is more like a historical path by which God has revealed how he blesses his people throughout the Bible. There are certain things that when his people do these things, they place themselves in the path of his blessing. And and so our our job is to discover those paths, and then, like like, uh, Zacchaeus, then like Bartimaeus, the blind man, to place ourselves in the path of Jesus so that we might have the opportunity to be transformed by his grace. Now, we're going to discuss several uh, habits of grace throughout this study, several means to God's grace. But all of those habits are really going to fall into one of three categories, okay? And so the first category is, is really hearing God's voice. And we're going to spend a few weeks in this one category because there's several uh, habits involved in just hearing the voice of God, believe it or not. And then we're going we're gonna to shift to having God's ear. And, and you, you may be thinking prayer, and you should be. It's going to be something like that, right? And, and then eventually we're going to shift over to the habits about belonging to God. God's body. And there's habits that are important there as well. And so uh, this morning we're going to focus on on the first of those three categories. And if you're a reader, I wanted to give this to you last week and I didn't. If you're a reader and you like to do extra study, I'm working out of about four or five texts uh, in preparation for this. But there's two primarily that we'll pull from. So if you want to do extra work, I, I want to encourage you, uh, you can pick up these books. So Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life by Donald Whitney is a great classic, uh, full of amazing stuff. And there'll be so much more stuff there than you're going to get here, because you're going to get gleanings of some of that here. But it's a great book if you want to pick it up and read. And then the second book is actually the, the book by which we stole the title for our whole series. It's a book, a new book by David Mathis called Habits of Grace. Uh, and and uh, I believe the subtitle is Enjoying Jesus Through Spiritual Disciplines. And so uh, this morning, again, we're going to focus on how we can hear God's voice. And specifically, um, I want to focus on something I'm going to call Bible intake. Bible intake. That may sound weird to you. Some of you are thinking, well, what is Bible intake? So to answer the question of what Bible intake is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to first address the question of how we do it. Because I think the question of how we take in the Bible actually answers what Bible intake is. And it really kind of breaks down in three categories. And the first thing when we talk about how we should take in the Bible uh, is, is this. We, we need to take in the Bible by hearing it. By hearing it. This is probably the, the easiest uh, discipline to, to have when it comes to Bible intake is to hear the Bible, but it's also the most overlooked, all right? It's also the most overlooked. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says here in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10. He says that faith comes from what is heard, right? Faith comes from hearing, may be your translation if you've got the NIV. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Jesus Christ. So, so hearing is really an important part of God's plan for the gospel to go forth. We've got to put ourselves in the path to, to hear good Bible exposition. 
All right? That, 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 that's a key discipline, which means that what we do here is really, really important. Now, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. He says, rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So what I'm going to submit to you this morning is that hearing the word of God has actually been part of God's plan the whole time. Right? That's why he, he gave Moses commandments that he would go and read to his people. And he says to Jeremiah, I'm going to put words in your mouth. And, and basically the whole history of the prophets is God saying, I'm going to speak through men and your job is to listen to them as they tell you what I've told them. And, and so guys, now in, in, in our day, as we sit here, what that means is that we need to consistently bring ourselves before good Bible teaching. That means that church attendance should be pretty important for us, okay? Now, I, I want to I tell you, this isn't just something that I would preach to people. This is something I try to live out. And so, the, yes, the pastor himself has to listen to good preaching. I've, I've, I've got to submit myself to, to other men. And, 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 and so I'll give you in a little while some of the guys that I might listen to. And, and guys, I, I want to be honest with you. This has to go beyond just showing up and not falling asleep for 30 minutes. I mean that. I know that sounds terrible, but, but, but historically, in the church, uh, in the United States, every Sunday, there's going to be a good group of people that just caught up on their sleep from the night before. It's going to happen, right? I, I, Paul Mertz uh, used to work multiple jobs. He doesn't anymore, and so I'll mention this in the second service when he's here. But I used to, Paul would come right off of working, like a late night shift, and he would try so hard, so hard, and I could catch him occasionally just starting to have the nod. And that's when the pastor, you just have voice inflection, and you say, hey, and then Jesus said, and oh, oh, it's, it's good, it's good. Um, uh, those things happen, those things happen. And hear me, I, I, I get it, but... But what we're talking about when we talk about actually hearing the word of God is is moving beyond um, just being present to what we call active listening. And Kingdom Kids, I've been teaching up there um, along with Catherine Carter and all our great volunteers. And one of the things we really try to teach our children is how to actively listen, right? It's not active listening if you're not looking at the speaker. That doesn't count. It's not active listening if you're thumbing through something. It's not active listening if you're worried about what's in your pockets. It's not active listening if you're kicking the person in front of you. Right? That's not active listening. So active listening involves listening with our ears, but also with our eyes. Right? It involves focus. And, and so um, we realize here at First Baptist that, that you're all different kinds of learners. So some of you are auditory learners. That means that you listen and you don't take notes. Because if you took notes, it would mess up your learning. Right? Some of you, that's how you listen. If you, if you did this, you'd be lost. Now, some of you, though, are not auditory learners. And so we give you notes and we give you slides because you're visual creatures and you need to see it. And beyond seeing it, some of you then have to transfer it from your eyes to your fingertips so that you can remember it. That was me in college. It took me forever to learn how to study. I had no idea that to pass all my tests, what I really needed to do was rewrite all my college notes. And when I did that, I was taking a class that all the tests were just essays. I was like, this is the worst class for me ever because I hated to write. And, and so I went back and I started rewriting all the class notes. And you know what happened when I showed up to take the test? I could, I could, I could write every essay. I had no problem because something about my fingertips and my brain were connected. So guys, we, we try to provide all those ways to you. But the goal for you, no matter how you learn, and you have to know yourself, the goal for you is that when you leave, you leave with better information than you possessed when you came. That's the goal. Now, I've got some friends 
other pastor friends, now they're a little more daring than I am, okay? They, they, they like to give it to their people every once in a while. And so it's pretty common as a pastor for somebody, every church has a handful of people that every Sunday they tell the pastor, that was a great message, pastor. I mean, they just, they just say, that was a great word. Man, Lord really spoke to me. And, and, and you know, and, and that's awesome. Um, so one of my friends, he likes to shoot back, just not all the time, but occasionally to one of those people. Oh, awesome, really? What, what really spoke to you? He said, you will see the blankest stares. Like, they did not expect a question back. Like, I was just telling you, good job, that you didn't fumble, or, you know, and, and, and now you're asking me, what did I hear? And, uh, it's a whole other ballgame. We shouldn't be like that. None of us. I shouldn't be like that when I, when, I, when I sit down and I listen to a sermon. I shouldn't walk away. My wife shouldn't call and say, hey, I, I know you were listening to Piper earlier. Like, what did you learn? And I shouldn't be like, um, uh, ooh, uh, what was it about? Hum, let me see, Right? Because we're active listening. So, so the first thing that we need to do is we need to make sure that we are hearing the word of God. Okay, second thing, second thing. Second way that we take in the Bible, okay? Just through reading. Through reading the word of God. Believe it or not, it's that simple. Just read it. I, I'm, I'm not even getting into detailed study. I'm just talking about just actually reading the text itself. Just spending some time to read it. Now, we just finished up the story. The story was an abridged chronological version of the Bible. It was a bridge. It wasn't even the whole thing. And, and we split it up in 31 weeks. That's a lot of time to work through an abridged version of the Bible. And I'm, listen, I'm going to ask questions, but I don't want you to raise your hands because this is not about guilt. But, but I, but I want to I say this, okay? Uh, now, how many of you, you, you're the only one that can answer the, the question, did you finish the abridged version of the Bible? Did you finish it? You had 31 weeks to read through it. Did, did you make it all the way through? Only you know that. Now, I know I've had several people come to me. I know they, they did every, every reading. They finished the whole thing. That's great. But some of us didn't. And here's what I'm going to say to you, okay? That was an abridged version of the Bible, and we tackled it over 31 weeks. Now, the whole Bible can be read in about 70 hours, 70 hours, 70 to 71 hours is what they say. That's what it takes to read this cover to cover, 70 to 71 hours. Do you know, according to Nielsen right now, those are the people that, that put a box on your TV and they see what you're watching. According to Nielsen right now, the average American, this is from 2016, the average American spends 4.3 hours a day watching TV. 4.3 hours a day watching TV. So for, I, I'm not a mathematician, but I, I have a calculator. Um, if you were to take 70 and divide it by 4.3, you're going to come up with, it would take you, if you substituted your TV time for Bible reading, it would only take you about 17 days to read the whole Bible. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And listen, I, I'm not telling you that you have, I think everybody should read through the Bible once in a while, but you don't have to do it co constantly. I mean, I know some people, they just cover to cover and cover to cover, and that's great, okay? Uh, and again, I, this isn't about guilt. This is, this is just about the, the truth, right? And, and, and someone says to me, well, pastor, how often should I read the Bible? Well, let me, let me ask you a question, right? You say, well, how often should I, should I read it? Once a week? Should, should I read it all the time? How often should I read it? Well, how often do you face problems? How often do you face temptations? How often do you face trials and pressure? No, that's not a rhetorical. How often? Daily. 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 Well, if you face those things every day, and you've got some medicine for those things every day, it just seems to make good sense, doesn't it? We should, we should make it our aim, at least, to read our Bible every day, okay? I, I love what um, D.L. Moody says. D.L. Moody was a great evangelist. Um, 
And he's talking about the need to take in our Bible daily. And, and he really kind of ties it to, if you think about the Israelites, remember, they could not gather manna. Uh, they, they couldn't just go out and store up manna for the week. They had to go out every day and store up manna. And this is what he says. He says, a man can no more take in a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough for the next six months. Or, or take sufficient air into his lungs at one time to sustain life for a week. We must draw upon God's boundless store of grace from day to day as we need it. It's huge. That means that Sunday won't sustain you till next Sunday. Right? It means that coming on Wednesday even won't be enough. That something's going to hit you on Tuesday. Something's coming on Friday. And even though the weekend is there, you're going to want to kill somebody before you get off work. And you're going to have to deal with that because it's there, right? And so, so we, we've got to understand this. We, we should take this. And, and so, guys, when I talk about reading the Bible, I really just mean straightforward reading the Bible. It's kind of like raking the lawn. Um, we, we had chores yesterday around the house. I had a whole day out with the kids to give mama some, some time alone. And I love my children, but that was a long day. And um, we just went from one thing to another to another. I came back, it was like 4.30. I was like, all right, y'all got to... So before we left, I had to do some things, sweeping the floor. Like, so so sweeping is kind of like raking, right? You go out at fall and, and you'll see my children can rake leaves, just like any adult can rake leaves. Reading the Bible is not that difficult. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do it, okay? And, and so that's what we're talking We're just talking about reading. The, now, there is an, another step other than just raking the leaves, and that's the third way we take in the Bible, okay? It's by studying. Studying the Scripture, all right? So we need to hear the Word. We need to read the Word. We have to, have to set aside some time to just read, and even a little bit every day. But we also have to have some time that we're actually studying the Word. And this is different from reading. This isn't raking leaves. This is more like digging. Okay? If you have, who, who has had to dig something with a shovel recently? It doesn't count if you use a tractor. But a shovel, right? You got with a shovel, and it was, it was a good, significant dig, right? Okay? Anybody, you dug for at least 15 minutes. At least 15 minutes. All right? How many of you, after like 15 minutes, 20 minutes of digging, you were like, that was your workout for the day. Amen? Right? I mean, you, like, you dig for a short period of time, and you're going, whoa, I could rake the whole yard and, 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 and have more energy than I had after digging that one stupid hole for the post, okay? And digging is, is really, really, really hard work. And so when we talk about digging in the Word, I mean, it may involve some things like a study Bible, the use of a study Bible. Now, I, now I, I, again, if you're reading through the Scripture, there's no way you're going to be able to go through your study notes. I, when, I, when people are reading through the Scripture to try to get the big picture, I, I, I always tell them, don't use a study Bible. Because you'll get caught up in all the stuff underneath. You'll be, you'll be I mean, it'll ruin your, your reading record. It's just not going to happen. But, but study is important. So a study Bible it has notes. It, it tells you about events. Um, you, you may want to use the cross-references in your Bible. Everybody know what the cross-references are? Anybody? Anybody not know what the cross-references are? It's cool. We'll go over it real quick. Okay? So in your Bible, like when you, you read a verse, my Bible is open to, uh, what are we in? Psalm 119. So Psalm 119 begins with how happy are those whose way is blameless. And at the end of the word blameless, it has a little B there. And in the margin of my Bible, it says B, and it takes me to Psalm 101, uh, verse 6, and to Proverbs 11, verse 20. And what that's going to do is that's going to show me, when I go there, that's going to show me other verses that use a, that similar word or have a similar thought. 
And so I go there to try to help understand what this is meaning. Okay, what does this mean? Let me, let me go cross-reference it and see what it means. That's part of study, okay? Not only that, you may, uh, in your study, want to include what we call a lexicon. Now, for some of you, I have no idea what that was. Okay, this is cool. We're going to help you out. Go to blueletterbible.com. I think it's .com. Uh, blueletterbible.com. And so, uh, if it's not .com, it's .org, but I think it's .com. So go to Blue Letter Bible. You can Google it. And you look at the passage you want to study. So say you want to know what the word grace means. You're doing a study on Ephesians 2.8. We're saved by grace. What does that word mean, grace? And when you go there and you click on it, uh, and you, there's a little button that says tools. And you click on the button that says tools, and then it will give you, it has the word grace in English, and then it has a, a, a little hyperlink. It says Strong's number, blah, blah, blah. And when you click on that button, it'll show you exactly what the word grace meant in Greek. It'll show you every definition of grace in the Greek that you can go look at. And, and, and you'll see that most of those words in Greek and Hebrew had multiple meanings. And so you get to go, okay, oh, that helps me make sense of it, right? That helps me understand it. I don't know if you're a reader, but um, you know, I, 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 I like to force myself to read. I don't like to read. I like to force myself to read. Um, and, and, and it really has become an enjoyment for me. But there are some people that I read, like John Piper. I love to read his sermons. But when I read his book, I have to have a dictionary next to me, right? I mean, he just speaks in a language. I'm like, oh my gosh, my head's exploding. I have a thesaurus next to me so I can understand. That's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about a lexicon. It's a way that you can keep up, okay? So guys, this is much slower than reading. It is much harder than raking leaves. But I love what John Piper says about this when we study the Bible, ready? He says, raking is easy, but all you get is leaves, ready? Digging is hard, but you might find diamonds. When we take the time to go a step further than just reading the text, when we start to dig in and we, we ask questions like, what's the historical setting of this? Was there something that caused Paul to write this letter in the first place? What, what was going on in Corinth at the time? We start to ask those questions and we start to look at the text in light of those questions. Sometimes we find diamonds that we never would have seen before, okay? So three ways that we can take in the Bible, we can listen, we can read, and we can study. All of them are important, okay? So that's the first question. That's how we do it, which also answers kind of the what question. So the second question I actually think is more important is the why. Why? Why do we need to take in the Bible? Now, I love you guys, and this week I thought about you. Now, listen, we could have done uh, top three reasons to read the Bible. We could have done the top five reasons, you know, internet searches, top ten reasons. Uh, you know, there's some things that we could have done, but I just, I love you more than that. I didn't want to just give you ten reasons that we should read the Bible. So I gave you 20, but I love you so much that I, I listed them all for you on your sermon notes, okay? So we talk about studying. You can take these home and you can look up these verses, but I'm, I'm going to fly through these very quick, just reasons why we need to take in the Bible. We need to take in the Bible because it helps us know who God is, right? So the Bible does. Hebrews, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 says that Jesus is the exact radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of his nature. Like, this is what we find out. So if we want to know who God is, we have to read his word. It's his revelation of himself. Um, Ephesians 5, 1 says that it shows us how to live. It says be imitators of Christ. Be imitated. The Bible actually shows us how we should live our lives, how we should make decisions, what is right and what is wrong. The Bible does that. We should, we should study the Bible and read the Bible because it shows us our next step in life. 
Anybody ever been there? Go, Lord, I'm at a crossroad. God, I, I don't know what to do. And, and, and that's why we read the Bible, right? Because your word is a lamp unto my feet. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That, that verse doesn't say that his word is a spotlight unto your highway. God doesn't usually tell you the, the end result and how it's going to look in every road you took. Like he didn't say, hey, Abraham, I want you to get up, pack your stuff. You're going to go five miles south. You're going to hang a left at the palm tree. And then you're going to go about 27 miles that way. And eventually you're going to come to a little city. Now go through that city. Don't stop. Like he, didn't, he just said, Abraham, get up and go. Go to the place that I will show you. Right? And, and so the next leap of faith, the next step, the word being a lamp is, okay, God, I'll go. I'll go. I'll take the next step. And so the word of God does that. The word of God um, keeps us from sin. Right? I've hidden your word in your heart so that, that I will not sin against you. The word of God renews our mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. That, that our minds need to be changed. I don't know about you. You ever feel that way? Man, my mind is broken. I'm not thinking the right thoughts. God, I need you to transform my mind. The word of God helps us know the will of God. All right? 1 Thessalonians 5.18 it says, rejoice always, pray continue, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And the Bible over and over again tells us exactly what God's will is. The word of God um, provides certainty in the midst of uncertainty. You want to know what truth is, friends, here it is. That's what it is. So in a world that says there is no truth, we have the word of God, which proclaims it is the truth. So we have certainty even though the world seems often uncertain, the word of God helps us desire the right things, right? That if we remain in it, if we soak in it, it actually transforms, it changes our thoughts. We start to want the things of God. So we start to pray about the things of God. As we pray about the things of God, God gives us the things of God. He doesn't hold anything back. It's huge. The word of God gives us courage to, to press on. Joshua 1, ain't be strong and courageous. Have I not told you? Be strong and courageous. You can make it through this. I'm with you. You're not alone. The word of God makes us fruitful. Psalm 1, like, like, like a tree that's planted by the waters, by the streams of life. The, the, the Bible preaches the gospel to our own hearts. That this is Christ who came and he lived the perfect life. He died for your sins. And that's what it, it points at you. He died because of you. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again. He conquered death. He, he, now, he ascended to heaven. He now sits at the right hand of the Father. And, and in your defense, he stands before God. Preaches the gospel to my heart that I need God. The word of God convicts us of our sin. Hebrews 4.12, right? The word of God encourages us. It, it comforts us. It, it confronts us. Those are two words that look similar but are very different. We find great comfort in the word of God. You know, John chapter 14, Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. But then the word of God will turn right around and confront us. Revelation chapter 2, yet I hold this against you, you forsaking your first love. Remember the height from which you've fallen, repent and do the things you did at first. You're going, God, I thought I was doing okay. I, I knew what false teaching was. I was standing up to that. I was trying to do good things. God says, yep, you're doing all good things, yet I hold this against you. You don't love me anymore. Whoo! It's confrontation, and the Bible will do that for you. It challenges us. Luke 19, 40, you're going to read that and say, what, what kind of challenge is that when you read that this week? I'll tell you what the kind of challenge is. Jesus says, I, I, I tell you what, if they're quiet, the rocks will cry out. That's a challenge, friend. If I'm not living a life of praise for God, God will just find some inanimate object to do it for me because he's God and he can do that. Challenges me. The word of God helps us stand against the devil's schemes. Ephesians 6, the armor of God. 
It cuts us. It calls us. It grows us. And guys, that's just 20. That's just 20. You know we could have spent several weeks just talking about what the Word of God does in our life, right? That's just 20 things it does. Listen. I want you to hear with me how the people in the Bible felt about the Bible. How did the, how did the people in Scripture feel about God and His Word? Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I'm, I'm going to read verse 10 through 16. And I, w- I want you to hear the heart of the people in the Bible. Because <laughs> I, I think you're going to hear something that maybe we're missing. Okay? Psalm 119, starting in verse 10. The Word of God says this, I have sought you with all of my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you, Lord. May you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Then look at this, Psalm 42. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, O God. I want to ask a question this morning. Does that describe you right now? Does that describe you right now and your attitude towards God? Because it needs to. Because that should be our attitude. You ever read the Bible and get an unsettling feeling that the people in the Bible were a lot more desperate for God than we were? You ever been there? And you read the Psalms and you read people with these gut-wrenching prayers saying, God, if I don't have you, I'm going to die. God, I need you more than water. God, you are my substance. God, you are my shield. God, you are my defender. God, you are my tower. God, you are my strong refuge. God, I'm surrounded by enemies, God, but I will stand firm because I know you're my defender. And, and we read words like that. And how can our hearts, if we're being honest, not cry out, not see the apathy in our own lives? Like we just don't feel that way about God often, do we? We certainly don't seek him out. Like that, do we? We've got to get desperate for God. And, and I, want to, I want to show you a promise. If we do, if we can learn to recapture that. By the way, you say, what does that look like? Um, I have this image. Uh, how many of you were raised in church? You were raised in church? Whole life? Okay, awesome. How many of you that were raised in church, you were in a youth group at some point? Okay, some of you, were you in a youth group? No, I don't want to go too far back. Some during the Jesus movement? Okay, no, but uh, all right, anybody in a youth group, uh, were you allowed to sit on the floor? Anybody was allowed to do that? Okay, your church, sit on the floor, right? Because youth, man, it doesn't matter. 
And so I, when, when I think about desperate people for the word of God, I go back to my time in youth ministry that I used to spend with kids, and especially my first church, because we didn't have a lot of money, I mean, like, at all, and, and uh, I mean, they didn't have money to pay the youth pastor, like, they just, we didn't have a lot of money, and so, I mean, our kids would sit on the floor, and, and, and they would sit on the floor, and every child that showed up, showed up with an open Bible, and I didn't, we didn't even have sermon notes, they would show up with an open Bible and a journal, and they would be taking notes, they desperately wanted to know the word of God. We came back from camp one year and those kids, uh, the, the, the pastor said something about like just sitting at the feet of Jesus and he was talking about Mary and Martha. He said, listen, Martha, Mary has chosen the better thing. Look, look how desperate she is just to be in the presence of Jesus and she's just sitting there at the teacher's feet and, and, and he just challenged, he said, you know, you, sh- you guys should do that and you should just be desperate. You should go sit at your teacher's feet and just listen and, 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 and soak in every word and so we came home from camp and our kids refused to sit in the chairs that were provided to them by the older people in the church that had paid for them. And when the pastor got up, they got down on the floor and, and, and they just sat Indian cell. They were so respectful. They were not talking. They had open Bibles. They had open journals. They had open pens. They were just ready to receive the word of God. And you know what people said? That makes me uncomfortable. We paid for those chairs. Get back up and sit in them. And what would we say about our pews? Here's a promise I want to make you. If you can get back to childlike faith, if you can get back to that place that you just are desperate to sit at the feet of Jesus, here's the great promise of Scripture, Jeremiah 29, 13. Ready? When you seek Him with all of your heart, you're going to find Him. That's the promise. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And I want to make you a promise this week because my challenge to you is going to be go out and try to live some of these things out. My challenge to you this week is this. If you will get alone with your Bible, here's what you're going to find. And I'm totally like stealing this phrase and I made it my own, but it's from uh, that book, Habits of Grace. When you get alone with your Bible, what you'll find is you're never alone. You get alone with your Bible, you will not be alone. If you're searching out God, I promise this week you will find Him. I open with the question, why would anyone in North Korea dare to own a Bible? Well, that's why. Because of what the Bible is. Because of what it does for us. That's why people are willing to risk their life. That's why people like William Tyndale gave up their lives so that we could have the Bible in, in a language that we could understand. Because the word of God is living and active. Last question I want to answer for you this morning is this one. Uh, and it may sound silly, but, but I, I, I pray there's some wisdom here. And the question is, when should I take in the Bible? Right? We've already established it should, it should be daily. Right? I mean, I mean, you should try to read the Bible every day. Listen, when you fail and you mess up, like just... Pray about it. Lay your head on the pillow, rest, and start over the next day. Don't, don't beat yourself up. It's not that kind of thing. But we should spend some time in the Word every day. We've already established that. But beyond that, I, 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 here's what I advise. I just advise people to try to find a time that works best for them. Okay? You got, it, it, it's not the same for everybody. It really isn't. Because we all come from different backgrounds. We have different uh, circumstances. Like, like for moms that have preschoolers, 
I'll just be honest. The time that you can find that is alone and is quiet may be in the bathroom with the door locked, right? And if you're a mom that's had been a preschool, you know what that is. You got the door locked, it is shut, and you're just trying to have some time with Jesus, and then here come little fingers under the door. You're like, what do you do? What do you do in that moment when you just can't ever find any space? You take your Bible and you pray, pray Psalm 55-7. Lord, I'm surrounded by lions. I, I lie down. I, I'm among devouring lions. People whose teeth are, are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. God, be exalted over the heavens. Let your glory be over the whole earth. Prepare my steps. They've dug a pit before me, Lord. I might fall. I mean, just pray scripture if you have to. Lord, <laughs> little lions trying to get underneath your door. You just got to find time. Now, there's some mamas laughing because they know it is true. It is true. And listen, none of the guys are left because we don't know. We just leave you guys. Oh, God bless you. I got to go to work. <laughs> got to go to work. You, you'll be fine. So here, here's what I want to tell you. You got to find a time that works for you, a time that you can be somewhat, uh, somewhat quiet time, somewhat alone to the best of your ability. Yes, moms, you can lock yourself in the bathroom for a short period of time. But I do want to encourage you to try to make your time during the day. I'm not giving you a hard and fast rule. I, I just want to talk some sense to you. Okay? One of the reasons we study the Bible is so that we will not sin. Okay? I know some of you, the only quiet time you possess is when the children go to bed at night. You think, that is my time. Only one problem with that. It kind of negates the whole need for you having the word so that you won't sin. I have found we sin a whole lot less when we're asleep. You know what I'm saying? And we just do. Your head hits a... I mean, that may be a sin to your wife, right? But we, we just sin less when we're asleep. We just do. And, and so we're just talking about where do we need the word applied? We need the word applied when we're facing the trials. When do we face the trials? When we're awake. That's how it works. So I, I, I would challenge you at some point while you're awake to, read, to, to take in the word. And maybe it's not 20 minutes. Maybe, maybe you had five and you focus on one verse, right? I mean, somebody said, Pastor, how do I read the Bible? You, I, I, I open it, okay, and we're going to walk through this. And you're going to pray, you're going to read it. Gonna, how long do you read it? You read it until something stands out and then you think about it. We're going to go through that. Second. But you just got to make the time. And I want to encourage you, make the time in the day because it's in the day that you're going to face the, tri- the trials and the struggles, okay? That's when it's going to happen. So try to, and it doesn't have to be in the morning. If you can't make that work in the morning, you do it on your lunch break, okay? But you've got to find the time to do it. I want to give you some application. I'll let you out of here. I know this is a lot to throw at you, okay? Number one this week, um, and, and really not just this week. These are moving forward, by the way. So we're talking about these habits, uh, not that you will try them one week, and next week you'll come back and try a totally different habit. We actually, it's, it's building blocks, okay? So we start here with the Word of God because it's got to be the primary block. Really does. So, so this week, I, I want to I challenge you to commit, uh, start here, commit to consistent church attendance, to hearing the Word of God on a regular basis. You don't like our church? There are 53 other churches in town. God love you. Um, I, I'll miss you. I love you. I, I don't want you to go anywhere, but I'm just saying, like, there are, if, you, if you're looking for one that teaches the Bible well, we even make recommendations around here, believe it or not. I know that sounds crazy that a church would recommend other churches. We do. There's some really good people in town. There's some good Bible teachers. There's some not so good. And we'll, we'll point you in the right direction if we're not the right fit for you. Okay? But you've got to commit to consistent Bible teaching. Okay? Uh, number two, use your time more wisely. Use your time more wisely. How many of you uh, have to commute to work? Anybody have to commute? You find yourself in the car quite a bit, traveling around? Okay. All right. It's a podcast, man. 
Podcast. You have an iPhone? There's actually a little app already in there for podcasts. And so I'll give you a few of my favorites. You can write these down if you want to. You don't have to listen to my favorites. You can Google and find your own. Uh, but, but I love listening to Timothy Keller out of Redeemer Church. Okay? Timothy Keller is a great listen on podcasts. Okay? Uh, Matt Chandler from the Village Church. Matt Chandler, his, now listen, by the way, when I listen to Matt, because my commute's usually not quite that long, he's a good 45-minute preacher, but you can put it on one and a half times speed, and he just talks really, really fast. You'll pick up like every fifth word, it's great. No, no, uh, if, you can't, if you can't hear it on one and a half times speed, don't do it, but, but I, I, I don't have a problem with that, so I listen to it a little faster, and, uh, and it's great, except when he talks fast. Uh, another one I, I really enjoy is Watermark. Uh, church out of, uh, out of Dallas, out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Watermark's just a good podcast. It's a good listen. Okay, so, and that's just a few. Again, you can, you can uh, look for a lot of things. The other, guy, other thing you guys can try is uh, Audible. Audible is a place that you can, you can get audio books, and, and I think it's about 14 bucks a month, and you get one free book every month. Our ladies, I'm looking at Pam because she's right there, uh, our ladies are right now working through Mere Christianity, so go download it, and when you, when you travel around, listen to Mere Christianity, and you've got your book done, you're ready for book club, okay? Uh, other great books, I've told you some of my most recent favorite ones, uh, you know, I, I finished Forgotten God a few months ago, Counterfeit God by Timothy Keller, Forgotten God by Francis Chan, there's just, there's some great resources out there. Uh, my wife's reading The Imperfect Disciple right now. Great, great books that you can read, okay? Um, believe it or not, you can actually even listen to this podcast. We, our church has a podcast. So, so it, it goes all the way back to 2012, which is crazy. I mean, there's stuff I, don't, I didn't even remember I preached it. I was like, wow, that guy was smart back then. I feel like I've forgotten everything. Uh, good stuff, and so you could do that. Now, uh, let, what about TV time? Can you replace any of the TV time? The answer is yes, okay? So you can go to CBD, Christian Book Distributors. There's a great series called The Visual Bible. The Visual Bible, you can get on DVD. Uh, they've, got, they've got the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of John. They've got the Book of Acts. They have the life of Peter and Paul. These are just things, if, you, if you've got to sit in front of the screen, you can watch these. They're really, really good. If you're a tablet kind of person, say, man, I want, I want, to, I want to look at something on my tablet, and you want to do that study thing, okay? Go to YouTube and look up The Bible Project. The Bible Project has, has these amazing videos that basically encapsulate every book of the Bible as they go, so I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians. Well, go to the Bible Project, and they will tell you what the book is about. They'll give you the background information. I mean, it, it's awesome. And so watch that. It'll take five minutes. These are little, tiny clips. And then read the Bible, okay? I want to give you as many tools as I can give you to help you in this, all right? Okay? Last one. Make yourself, force yourself, if you want to change that word, force yourself to read and think about Scripture. Okay? We're going to get into the thinking part next week. We're going to talk about meditation. You don't have to wear any funky pants. We don't need mats. We don't need incense. It's not that kind of thing. Uh, but we are going to talk about what biblical meditation looks like. So here, here's, here's, I'm going to give you a formula. It's not on the screen. Uh, number one, you've got to set a time. So you need to set a time. You need to be, try to be consistent with the time. Okay? Uh, once you set the time, the first thing you do when you show up to the time and the place you set is you pray. You just open with a word of prayer. God, I, I, it's been a long time since I've done this. I don't even know what I'm doing entirely, but I, I was told I need to read your word and I, I want to get something out of it, so can you help me? Just, you just pray, Lord, I, I, I'm asking for wisdom. The Bible says anyone who lacks wisdom can ask for it. It'll be given generously to him. Generously. I want generous wisdom, so you ask for it, okay? After you pray, you read. You read. So how do I read? There are like a hundred probably 100,000 different Bible reading plans on the internet. So you, you just read. You can open the Bible and do one of those bad boys. You can start in the Gospel of John. You can, I mean, you just read, okay? Now, I, I want to tell you, like, you may not want to start in the book of Leviticus for your devotional time, okay? 
I mean, it may not be very edifying for you. You may not love that. And then you hold the ram this way, and you cut it from that side to that, and you let it bleed out. And then you, like, it just may not be for you, right? So maybe, you know, if you feel like you're surrounded, maybe you want to read the Psalms. You're struggling with something, maybe you want to read the Psalms. If you need some practical advice or wisdom, maybe you want to be in the epistles. There's just straightforward information. Do this, don't do that. If, if, you want to, if you want to live and look like Jesus, maybe you read the Gospels and go, oh, wow, I want to react like that, right? And so you just work through it. You just work through it. And so, so you pray, you set aside the time, you pray, you read. Okay, the, the step after that, you have to think. You have to think. You've got to think about it. So what, what, what do I think about? Well, think about what's that. So I, when I read, I tend to read until something sticks out. Until something's like, hey, what's that about? And the Holy Spirit just, hey, like you should focus on that. I'm like, okay. And, and so there are some questions that I ask myself when I read, okay? I'll give you a real quick little acronym for that. SPEC, S-P-E-C. S-P-E-C. I left off the K, okay? S-P-E-C. Okay? Is there a sin to confess? Is there a sin to confess in what I just read? Lord, is there something going on in my life that is in this passage that I need to talk to you about, okay? Uh, P, is there a promise to claim? You'll never leave me or forsake me. Yes, God, I'm going to claim that today. If I confess my sins, you'll forgive me and purify me of all unrighteousness, First John 1. Yes, God, I'm going to confess. I'm going to claim that promise today, right? Okay, so is there a promise to come? E, is there an example to follow? Is there an example to follow? How did this person deal with this situation in their life? Have I, am, am I walking through that situation right now? Is that an example that I need to be following, right? C, is there a command to obey? Is there a command to obey? Right? Love your neighbor. All right, I got that. Love your enemy. Dad, come it. Yes, Lord. Okay? Is there a command to obey? After you think about it, after you work through those things, ready? Pray again. I know you're like, this is long. It'd take you like 10 minutes, people. Pray again. Okay? And then last part. Do something about it. Put into practice whatever that was. So whether that was a sin that you needed to confess, okay, then work on that today. If it was a promise you needed to claim, remind yourself of it. Maybe you write it down on a sheet of paper, and every time you feel that fear, you pull it out. Oh, I don't have to worry about that, right? Look what God says, okay? So you put that into practice. Guys, that's what I got for you this morning as we um, continue to... to we're, we're, I know this is easing our way into the habits of grace, but this really is the biggest one. It's a big, big deal. We've got to get better about Bible intake. We've got to as children of God. Pray with me. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word.